Welcome to Business Bites. My name is Jonathan Burr, and this is my podcast. Today we have two hot topics that we're discussing. Uh, gold and Bitcoin. Um, our guest is Anthem Blanchard. Uh, he's the CEO of a, of a Anthem Vault, which is a precious metal dealer, um, and who he's also developing uh, uh, a gold-backed Bitcoin um, that he expects to, 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 to begin selling in the, in the not distant future called the Hayek. Anthem has got some real interesting things to say uh, about a lot of topics, including how he got the name Anthem. That's because his parents were devotees of Ayn Rand and, and named him after one of her books. Um, he's got he, he, he had an interesting discussion about Bitcoin, about where it's going, about why people think that the, that, 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 that it's being able to shut off the uh, the negative publicity that it that that, it, that it's engendered uh, that it's gotten in the last last couple of months because of the collapse of Mount Gox and the uh, Silk Road investigation. Um, he's very optimistic about um, Bitcoin's future prospects and so are a lot of other people. So um, anyway, hopefully you'll find this show uh, interesting and uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, any feedback, good, bad, or different, um, you can reach me at jdberr at gmail.com at Twitter at jdberr or at bizbytes uh, on Twitter, B-U-S-B-Y-T-E-S. Anyway, let's get our discussion started with Anthem Blanchard. saying before, we'll talk about gold, we'll talk about Bitcoin, but first I want to talk about how you got the name Anthem. Uh, your parents were Ayn Rand fans, I take it? Yes, my, my mom and dad were huge Ayn Rand fans, and they particularly liked her book, Anthem. And so my, my mom really loved the name Anthem and the name Anthem Hayek is my middle name. And so my dad was a, a little more traditional guy. His name was James U. Blanchard, Ulysses Blanchard III, and wanted to name me James Ulysses Blanchard IV. And mom just really wanted Anthem Hayek. And she actually knew my dad's biggest weakness, which was silver. And so she paid for naming rights to name me Anthem Hayek Blanchard. So that, that, is, a, that is the name story, Jonathan. That is kind of, kind that of a is fun one. Yeah, the, you're you're uh, now. I I've always heard the term gold bug as is kind of an insult to people, but your dad James Blanchard was the was I guess the original gold bug. Do you, is that a title you embrace, or do you do you or 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 or, or do you do you not do you not care for it? Well, I I think it depends on the connotation. So, you know, my my dad I think was the ultimate gold bug in the sense that. He pushed tirelessly for Americans to have the right again to own physical gold bullion because from 1933 through 1974, it was illegal for a U.S. citizen to hold gold in the form of a coin or a bar. They could hold antique gold or jewelry, but they couldn't actually hold a gold bullion, gold bullion, a, a coin or a bar. And so, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, gold really being the ultimate money, it's, it's held its value over time, even in the face of government continuously debasing currency. Yeah, I, I think that being a gold bug in the sense of always advocating for someone to have the right to own gold, because gold is proven, has proven to be the ultimate store of value. History has proven that over time, and, and silver as well, that I think from that standpoint, it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think from the idea that you know, one should only buy gold 
and if, if that's how it's interpreted, a gold bug, yeah, I don't think that that's a good idea because gold is strictly a form of savings. It's not an investment. So right. it, it protects your value. Right. I mean, gold, at least from what I understand historically, has not been a good investment over the long term. Uh, at least that's the base of what I've read. But uh, Well, I mean, it, 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 it depends. I mean, it's been a lot better investment than Eastman Kodak or Enron or you know, countless other companies that have come and gone by the wayside. So, I mean, it depends on what you measure. I mean, the gold, gold holds its value over time. So, you know, over, over long periods of time, over generations of time, which is why you know, people will typically hold gold to, to have over the course of their lifetime because they know that gold can't default. So you can't have management risk with gold because there is no management. Gold just is an asset. It's just a store of value. And what, what makes it, yeah. Before, before, I, before, before I forget, I want to hear the story about what your dad did during Nixon's inauguration. Yes. So during uh, during Nixon's inauguration, my dad actually paid for a plane. It was a biplane to fly over the parade, and, and the plane said "Legalize Gold." It would tow a banner that said "Legalize Gold" behind it, and this was this was part of his tireless um, advocacy. And he ended up, you know, he, he held press conferences in the early '70s, and one of these press conferences actually got picked up. And, and then, you know, come 1974, the U.S. Congress had gone in and, and rescinded executive order um, 6108, and, and, and then the President Ford actually went ahead and fully rescinded the executive order that FDR put in place in 1933. And so my, my dad actually was in uh, – he was a paraplegic. He was in a near-fatal accident when he was a, a teenager, and – so he, he actually smuggled gold in from Canada and, as a rebel, held gold up for the authorities and TV cameras to see in Washington, D.C., and one of these press conferences got picked up. And that press conference ended up being the driver, ultimately, to uh, creating a newsletter and the National Committee to Legalize Gold. So, um, you know, civil disobedience. Sounds like he was quite a character. He, he was. He was quite a character. He was a fearless individual. I and mean, I think when you're, when you're almost uh, dead, basically, on the operation table and you come back from that, then it gives you an emboldened sense of, of, of life and purpose. And I think that, I know that that's what drove him. And, I mean, great people, you know, do things that most of us don't do. And or, or it, 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 he was one of those people that, really pushed, pushed the envelope really far and, frankly, did what he thought was right. And you know, e- even if something from a legislative standpoint you know, said it wasn't, I mean, he really looked at it from a constitutional standpoint being the supreme law of the land. So, you know, because the Constitution does spell out you know, gold and silver mm-hmm. being legal tender, um, you know, that, 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 that in terms of what the states can actually create as money, I mean, he took that very seriously. So, um, you know, I, I think... That is, it's, it's, it's very important for someone to be able to hold gold because, it, again, it's a store of value that's lasted, that's been a store of value, that's held its purchasing power you know, relatively well, plus or minus maybe you know, 25, 30%, 35% different times. But that, that, you know, that, rel- relatively speaking, 
yeah. That, that may, gold, yeah. I'm sorry, that, that may be the case, but lately, though, the gold prices have, have, are at multi-year lows. Do you see them coming back anytime, anytime soon? And in and, and U.S. dollar standpoint, yeah, they're, they're definitely at, you know, what, about five, six-year lows now, but five-year lows roughly, actually. Um, I, I think that you're going to see in U.S. dollar terms, you're already seeing that change. I mean, we've seen that change over just the last uh, couple of weeks here. Um, we've seen a lot of U.S. dollar strength against almost all other national currencies, and yet the gold price is also going up. So... It's interesting because gold historically does best when real interest rates are negative. In other words, when the interest rate that you receive at a financial institution is actually less than the inflation, the cost of goods and services going up. Um, but this time, you know, since since the 2007-2008 crisis, essentially interest rates have been basically fixed by the Fed, um, especially on the short-term side of the, of the yield curve. And so it, it basically has not been the market that's ultimately set interest rates. The general market, it's really been the, the Fed that is ultimately, and central banks that have ultimately set interest rates so artificially low. And I think what's happened is that because the market recognizes that central banks have set interest rates artificially low, in order to protect the system, the banking system itself, because at the end of the day, the payment side of the banking system is tied to the credit side of the banking system. So if AIG and all of those banks were allowed to collapse, then the entire Fed wire system would have also collapsed in the, in the, in the, in the debit card system. And so, you know, all of these things are the case. And so I think what happened was if people took mass amounts of speculative capital, because capital was so cheap, you know, recognizing that in what happened, we saw yields on dividends go very, very low, and it basically caused people to have to chase, you know, really artificially low yields and take a lot more speculative risk. And gold, at the end of the day, you know, is is a store of value. It's not something that, again, it, you know, you're going to expect to have some big, you know, innovation in and of itself because it's just a metal, it's an asset, but right. it's a special metal. Because all of the metals get consumed, you know, for, they, they all, all of, you know, you know copper, it, all of these metals, iron, they all, they all get put into heavy industrial usage. While gold is only about a tenth of all of gold actually gets used for industrial purposes. The rest of it's just in a store of value. And, and because and billions around the people, too, yeah, yeah and, and so billions, think about it, right? Billions of people hold gold today in the form of jewelry. You know, there's a little portion of their currency that's still backed by gold. There's no other asset that that's true for. So what it's do, universally what, accepted. What does it mean in a, for rising for gold prices in a rising interest rate environment? What is that going to? So, 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 so there, which is what we're seeing, um, the very early stages of is it's due to credit risk increasing, because the issue is that with rising interest rates, what happens is you get rising defaults. So, you know, all of a sudden, and, and then that's exacerbated by the fact that the U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency. And so, you know, you see it very clearly in countries like Brazil, whereby for companies and for in Brazil to to take out debt, issue debt, they have to issue in U.S. dollars, and even though they're actually receiving income in Brazilian real. 
So if the currency that you have your debts outstanding in is strengthening, while the currency that you're actually receiving income in is weakening, and in the face of weakening economics, and then you're in big trouble, you know, then all of a sudden it, you get to a stage where you're upside down, and then when the debt defaults, then it's a demand for whatever currency the debt is denominated in, which is dollars. Mm-hmm. And the, in fact, the vast majority of debt and derivatives globally are dollar denominated. And so it causes this feedback loop. And it, the problem becomes with the more and more defaults, banks and financial institutions have less and less reserves to be able to, to be able to, to, to have in case to be able to keep, to keep afloat and to keep solvent because they've been so reliant on the central banks coming in to be able to bail out at last resort. And so and there were no consequences for what happened in 2000, 2007, practically. Right. right. Well, so, I, I want to switch our conversation a little bit to, to, to Bitcoin. I wrote a story mm-hmm. for cbsnews.com about Bitcoin, and I learned the first thing I learned is people associated with Bitcoin don't like the term cryptocurrency. Is that right? Is it digital currency? Is it better to be called a digital currency than a cryptocurrency, or are both terms accurate? I, 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 I mean, I, I think either is accurate. I mean, it, you know, cryptocurrency, I think, is a little bit more specific in the sense of, you know, it, it's a currency that uses cryptography to exist, basically, and to account for itself. I mean, that that's integral to its existence. I mean. You could say that, I mean, you can have, you have encrypted data, of course, generally anything, you know, it, it, you know, anything these days is encrypted. So it, but in terms of the actual mechanism itself, the, the database exists, you know, through all of this, of these encrypted hashes, basically. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's accurate whether people like to hear it or not. I don't know. It's, uh, oh, it's yeah, everyone's kind of got their own take of Bitcoin. So exactly, I, I know that there is a lot of optimism going forward that Bitcoin is going to have a good year next year. That they're expecting the 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 having uh, having to help boost prices up. Are you as optimistic as everyone else is about Bitcoin's prospects? I am. I am. I, I, I'm optimistic. I think the one aspect that could cause issue is still, um, you know, in terms of quote unquote, you know, the necessity to scale in terms of increasing block sizes and kind of how that all um, unfolds. I mean, I, I think that's the, the, probably the biggest critical weakness is the fact that you still have you know, this consensus group of developers that, I mean, you have to have developers that, and, and people that are materially you know, responsible for maintaining the code and, and, and putting in enhancements. Um, but, it, you know, it's also the biggest point of failure too, I believe, because at the end of the day, if there's a lot of dissent and, and you know, there's all these different paths that people pay, then, you know, it, 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 it could cause some distrust that, you know, possibly there'll be, you know, something uploaded into the code that won't be stable. And, you know, it, it, that, that, that is, I think, the biggest potential for, for issue. But I think barring any kind of, you know, huge unrest, uh, you know, that involved in the core programming group, I mean, I, I would also tend to agree that the Bitcoin price and all national currencies you know, will like will very likely be higher this time um, next year. Okay, um, 
there's still a little bit of unease amongst the, amongst the public about Bitcoin because of the whole Mt. Gox fiasco. Um, ha, ha, do you expect prices to ever get back to where they were before that before that the, the Mt. Gox imploded? I, I think they'll get higher. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to be this year they're going to get higher. But I, I do think the Bitcoin price is going to, again, reach $1,000 of Bitcoin in the next few years. Um, I, I, I do believe that. Um, I mean, it, it, I think it's really more of a, a function of how draconian are governments going to be um, in, in terms of their um, putting way over amounts of regulation in terms of digital currency innovation. So because the more, the more issues there are, um, for example, in our case with the Hayek, we launched the Hayek, which is a, a gold-backed token that runs on the same network as Bitcoin, the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and we had to actually pull it back in August as we got licensed, which we did with the federal government, and now we're just getting a legal structure in place. So um, like we're, we actually have a solution to that that we're announcing as we get all of our ducks in a row to finalize to, the legal and the structure to, to relaunch the Hayek. When do you expect um, it's to do actually, that? We're, we're hoping to do that sometime this quarter um, okay. to relaunch the Hayek, but I mean, it, it just, it's going to depend. I mean, it could, be, it could be later this year. We're actually doing a pre-sale um, for the Hayek. We're, we're pre-selling lifetime storage and insurance, stored insurance on the Hayek. So we had already built the Hayek that way to pre-pay all storage and insurance lifetime. So that way you never have a degradation problem like you do with an ETF, you know, where there's a management fee that'll take off half a shave, a half a percent a year, roughly. And so we didn't want to have that issue with accounting. We wanted it always to be a gram. A gram is about $30. Gold right now is about a gram. So, so we always wanted to keep it a gram. And so we had a, a basically a, a 30% um, roughly upfront payment for that. And part of that's to innovate the product. So $9 retail. So what we're doing is we're pre-selling lifetime storage and insurance for 50% off for $4.50 okay. for people that get in early. And we're doing it as a pre-token sale. Well, so these will actually be like transferable coupons. Now, now, so, I, now I, I understand that gold you buy and sell gold coins or gold bars. You're taxed at, a, I think, the collector's rate it's called. Does that apply to this to the Hayek as well? So there, I mean, in terms of a collector's item, I mean, is it like a numismatic item you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, or? yeah, exactly. Gold so, coins, you have to pay. In this case, yeah, I mean, in, in this case, the premium, in that case, the premium you're paying for rarity. So it's collectible. I mean, there's only so few coins of a certain year that have a certain condition that are in certain condition, like less scratches or blemishes on them. So... It's because of the rarity aspect of it that you'll see what they call those, you know, rare or numismatic coins, um, and, and they'll have a premium. In our case, the premium is justified through the utility. And so, I mean, maybe also because we're first, but, you know, be, because of the utility of being able to use digitally transactable metal. So, you know, that, that aspect of it. I, I wasn't making myself clear. I was thinking about if you are if you buy and sell the coins, you're ta you have to pay an extra tax. At least I thought. Oh, I see. I see. You're talking about yes, the the uh, collectible tax. The collectible tax. No, I mean, no. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, technically, so far, virtual currency has been designated as intellectual property. So, I mean, 
on the face of it, it should be taxed as property and not as a collectible, which is what gold is taxed at, the collectible rate. But Treasury actually hasn't come out and said one way or another, so I'm not a tax professional or CPA, so my 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 line is that people should always advise, you know, talk with their financial advisor and see what they have to say on the topic. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically, you know, technically the IRS part of the Treasury views it as property, so views virtual currency of any sort, Bitcoin or any other virtual currency, as property. So. Um, you know, not not as a collectible, which is the, technically the the definition that you have a higher ta- capital gains uh, tax rate at, on, on any gains realized from well, a sale. I mean, uh, obviously, I, Bitcoin still has this aura of illegitimacy about it, I guess, because of the Silk Road uh, Silk Road uh, uh, syndicate that was taken down. I mean, is there still a lot of um, negative? I don't know negative negative connotations with Bitcoin that that the industry has to overcome uh, to, to get to to, to, to do amongst average investors. I mean, probably it's like anything. I mean, you know, in the very early days of higher speed internet, I mean, all people could really talk about was you know pornography on the internet and video porn, and that was a lot of the traffic. So. Um, and still is a lot of the traffic, but even more so, say, 15 years ago. And I think, you know, Bitcoin, you're looking at, you know, something similar where you know, we're the biggest pain points ultimately for people looking to move money in a somewhat private way um, and, and, and be able to do it digitally. You know, that was really a big pain point for people. So, um, you know, then, then it can kind of trickle down. And as the economics get more efficient in the currency, then and it's other problems arise, like, for example, capital controls in different countries with more and more bank strain on them, um, you know, because of the financial environment. I think that there's going to be more and more need for uh, the type of, you know, blockchain, Bitcoin, Bitcoin blockchain and, and, and decentralized, denationalized virtual currencies like the high. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. I think the one difference that we have with a gold-based uh, crypto token, you know, someone will say, well, there is actually two differences. So one is you actually have to have physical gold stored somewhere, which you have to do for any kind of physical asset that you have in custody, and you don't have to do that with Bitcoin. Um, but I think the other advantage is that, I mean, technically – you know, Bitcoin could be wiped away while as the gold will always be there. So, I mean, even worst case scenario, you know, and the whole system of payment system was compromised or network was compromised. We could still go back to our ledger and basically say, okay, match up these amounts of gold, account for them for these different accounts and these different people. And because we also have a starting point, we'd be able to tie that together. You can tie it together. Are you also going to use, uh, develop, uh, I guess Hayex for uh, silver and other metals. And that's you know that, that's been talked about. Um, sorry, that's been talked about. Whether we actually go forward and when we go forward is, is to be determined. Um, you know, that, the idea is to. I mean, we're we're also uh, we're, we're buying to be the administrator of the Texas Bullion Depository Act. It's a, a state bill that part of the bill calls for a metal-based payment system for gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rhodium. So we have the capability to do it, and we might need to do it faster than we anticipate because of Texas. But, um, 
you know, it's not something that we're looking at in the next three months or so. Um, it's not on the immediate horizon. Well, Anthem, you've been very generous with your time. Appreciate you dealing with my technical issues. Is there anything else you wanted to add about Bitcoin, gold, and RAND? Any other topics we talked about, we touched on today? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, I would just really advocate for people to start thinking about decentralization and you know, start thinking about alternatives like Bitcoin, start thinking about alternatives like Anthem Vault, you know, where you can have value that doesn't have any bank credit risk attached to it. So the, the metal is yours. It's as if it was in a warehouse, but you know, we have access, like a billionaire holds their metal at the best commercial-grade vaults with the best level of insurance that you can get. Um, and, and the average person can have access to $25 minimum. Or they can be recurring from their bank account if they want to just save and not have to think about it on a periodic basis when they get paid, for example. It's very popular. But I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's more and more important. You'll, you'll see the stock markets get more and more affected, especially if the Federal Reserve keeps aggressive with its interest rate hikes. I mean, I would very, I'd say people should take cover. You know, definitely don't be fully invested in the stock market right now. Um, I would definitely be taking a lot of a lot off the table right now in the stock market, um, and because you, you, you see the issues in the credit markets, and uh, an ever strengthening dollar is a worrying, more worrying sign of, of, of more defaults, and, and more defaults ultimately would hit the stock market. So, um, and, and another other more speculative assets. So. Um, you know, definitely heed warning. <laughs> gotcha. I appreciate your time, Anthem. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. Anytime. All right. Pleasure. Well, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care.